0: to play. Welcome back to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas. We continue our couple's compassion journey, diving deeper into The Lasting Connection, my upcoming book about how to develop love and compassion for yourself and your partner, which is available on pre-order now and it's out on February the 11th. So this couple's specials is basically about me giving you some snippets from each of the chapters from the book to give you an overview and some new insights about yourself and your relationship. If you want a deeper dive, you can pre-order the book now by going to Amazon or to my website, thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash connection. So let's dive deep. Today we're going to think a little bit about compassion flowing in which is about noticing, accepting, and requesting compassion from others. And sometimes we can think of that as synonymous with requesting help or requesting kindness. It's not quite the same. But for simplicity's sake, let's think about that, of how we then can allow that love to flow in. How can we allow other people to help us when we need it? One of the things I thought about when I wrote this chapter in the book was how strongly we resist help at least in the British society. You know, I come from Sweden and it's pretty similar there as well. But in the UK, it's pretty spectacular. When you're asking someone, how are you? And the answer you get, I'm fine. Or I'm fine, thanks. Actually, we think about sometimes even asking a second time. Now, how are you really? How how are you getting on with everything? Then you might get a slightly more honest answer. But it's so quick. This is so quick acting. So have a look at your own life. And think about when someone asks you something or offers help or support to you, as simple as, Would you like a cup of tea? You know, one of the things that we think this can express support for someone, giving them a cup of tea. Think back to the times when we were in our normal offices, maybe working together with co workers, and they came up to you at your desk and said, Would you like a cup of tea? What would have been your answer? Would there be part of you going, Yes, that's so nice. Thank you very much. I'll have one. Uh, Sugar, uh, no milk, please. Or would you have gone, oh, no, no, I couldn't possibly, and maybe had a little bit of a resistance around someone slightly inconveniencing themselves for you? What would you do if someone offered you an act of kindness like this? Would you readily, willingly accept it? Or would you struggle against it and kindly turn it down? At times we don't even notice when compassion is shown to us. And at other times we might be feeling too uncomfortable to even accept it. It's even rarer for us to ask for it. So in many ways we're blocked from receiving the compassion that flows towards us. And there are a number of different reasons why that might be happening. And I obviously can't know what's going on for you or for your partner. But the previous episode when we talked a little bit about pieces of the puzzle that can be a real good start. The previous chapter talked about how we can understand your early upbringing, the life experiences that have shaped you along the way, what beliefs that's given rise to about yourself, and any strategies that you've had to develop to try to manage that. And lastly, about what kind of unintended consequences that might have for you in your life, what drawbacks there might be to, for instance, you resisting a cup of tea when it's offered. If you've developed a potential fear of closeness when someone is caring towards you, you might put your guard up. If you're blocked from receiving the flow of compassion in, it might not just happen with your partner, it could happen with anyone. Your partner might also be blocked in receiving the care and kindness from you. Even though you might be trying your very hardest to show them compassion, they may not seem to notice, and certainly never thank you for it. So what is that all about? This is what I call aware, acknowledge, accept, appreciate and ask. Because in order for us to be able to appreciate and express gratitude for each other in our partnerships, we need to use the mindfulness skills of noticing. If you don't notice that your partner has done something kind for you, it's really difficult to acknowledge and then appreciate it. If you don't notice your reluctance in letting that love in, it's very difficult to ultimately then ask for it. So just acknowledging, like, I saw that you'd paid that bill I forgot to deal with, that isn't quite enough to elicit emotion from most couples. To make it more powerful, try connecting the gratitude to how it makes you feel. For instance, I really appreciate that. Thank you for picking up the ball when I dropped it. It makes me feel really supported. So let's think about these five A's. Awareness, acknowledgement, acceptance, appreciation, and asking. Awareness of compassion flowing in isn't just about noticing what your partner does for you. It's also about becoming aware of your own blocks and resistances. Some partners just simply don't notice when a kind, compassionate action is being offered, or they refuse to take it in, which means they don't necessarily feel very grateful. You can use the spotlight of attention that I taught you about in chapter 5 about becoming mindful, mindfully awake and aware, and shine that on what your partner says to you. And then to acknowledge compassion flowing in. This incorporates a different mindfulness skill called labelling. You simply try to label what you see. First you need to be aware of when your partner's done something nice, and then acknowledge that you've seen it. Because your partner isn't a mind reader, they don't know when you've spotted their act of kindness. I saw that you folded the laundry, that's really helpful, thank you. Or, thank you for trying to cheer me up last night, it was so nice to get my mind off work. That is you labelling their act of kindness. And then we're moving on to the third A, the accepting compassion flowing in. How did you react the last time your partner paid you a compliment? What was the first thing that popped into your mind? That they're trying to be nice and don't really mean it? That they want something? They've done something bad and they're trying to make up for it? Maybe with flattery? These are very common thoughts that block kindness coming in. So if we take that a bit deeper, say that your partner offered you genuine support with something and you turned them down, maybe feeling embarrassed by needing help. Maybe thinking, I need to manage my own at all times. need to be independent. Or maybe negative thoughts about your self-worth. I don't deserve it. What do you think the impact will be on your relationship if you strive to always manage on your own and don't accept the compassion flowing in? Moving on to the fourth A, appreciating, compassion flowing in. And taking the time to notice and label it and then appreciate it is really important. Sometimes people call this gratitude because you can point out, say, three things about each other which you appreciate and that can help your mind to be collaborative and caring rather than competitive and maybe even critical. So that can really grow your connection because you're being more grateful and appreciative of what you've seen. And lastly, the fifth A, asking. Asking for compassion to flow in is the hardest step, because it's really shaped by societal norms as well. Men have the pressure to not appear weak and don't often ask for help when needing it. A woman can assume that asking for help means failure, not being good enough. Reaching out to your partner for help can trigger these beliefs as well, And so can the age old that they should just know what I need without me having to ask. But like I said already, your partner isn't a mind reader and neither are you. So the more specific you can be about what you need, the easier it's going to be to cultivate that compassionate climate and a lasting connection. And in the book, we now progress towards cultivating a memory of your partner having been compassionate to you. So that you really get to sit and practice tolerating that feeling all the love, letting all the love in, letting the flow of compassion radiate towards you. So this is where, if you've purchased the book, you can go onto the website and log in and also get your free audios that follows the book to help you guide through these difficult experiences. And when you've done that, we start moving on to building an inner compassionate team. Because your partner isn't perfect, and neither are you neither of you are going to be able to be there 100% of the time, fully compassionate, never critical, never messing up. So that's why we also go internally. We go into the inside to create a team, not just between you and your partner on the outside, but also within you. And a part of that team is your inner mentor, which we start to develop in chapter 8 in the book. Thinking about what you might want from an inner guardian or an inner Compassionate other, that we sometimes call it within compassion focused therapy. A version that would be ultimately wise and insightful. It would know everything about you, but it would also know how the world works. It would know that relationships aren't perfect and that we all mess up sometimes. It would know about your emotional systems so we talked about in chapter six. It would know everything about you, ultimately wise. Having that clarity, but it would also have a caring commitment, deeply, deeply caring about you, wanting you to be well, but also wanting your partner to be well. And lastly, having the courage to do hard things, which might involve asking for what you need from your partner. So in this chapter, we really go deep on this and cultivate that inner mentor for you. It can be like an inner coach, if you may giving you the hand-holding when you need it. So we've come to the end of this episode, because I can't actually guide you through these things on this podcast today. But if you want to dive deeper into that, go and order the book right now on Amazon by searching for The Lasting Connection or go onto my website, thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash The Lasting Connection. You can download these audio exercises for free to come along with the book. Until I see you next time, please do take care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed, mentally or physically, showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www.thetomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. So that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas, and you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, this episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.